0: Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Rick Kiley. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Exodus 33 and 18, and he said, This was what Moses wanted from God. I beseech thee, show me your glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, you cannot see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. No man in a human form would be able to stand in the glory of God. That will be proved in the book of Revelation when they look on him And their eyes melt in their sockets. And the Lord said, here's what I want you to see today. Behold, there is a place by me. And you will stand upon a rock. And it will come to pass when my glory passes by. That I will put you in the cliff of a rock and will cover you thee with my hand while I pass by I will take away my hand and you will see my back parts but my face will not be seen behold there is a place by me and today I want to preach to you for a few minutes on this subject where's my place in God where's my place in God God bless you. you may be seated The song service that we had today, you would think that we worked together and collaborated, but we did not. God has a place for each of us. My job today is to convince you of that and to help you to find it. Find your place In God now everybody needs a place everybody how many of you enjoy the place that you're living right now I do I enjoy the place that I'm living I I remember when my wife and I first got married we couldn't afford very much and we rented a flat actually it was a man and wife's attic that they had renovated in South Milwaukee and it cost us $60 a month because that's what we could afford, $60 a month. And that included utilities. But all it was was a a center hallway and a couple branches off to the sides with slanted ceilings. But it was our place. We were glad to have it. We were thankful to be married and to have a place We didn't have two chairs that matched at a dining room table of four, didn't have curtains that matched, had to buy everything from rummage sales. We didn't care. It was was our place. But we didn't continue to be satisfied in the place that we were. My wife reminded me recently that in our first 11 years, we moved 15 times. We're always trying to find our place, the place that we we wanted to live. Matter of fact, we thought we'd never own a home, but we found a place in Sturdivant when I worked for a glass cutting company and it was a Quonset hut. How many of you know what a Quonset hut is? Okay, that kind of reveals your age. But the military would build these round-roofed houses, and they'd build them for several blocks for military personnel. They were small, and this Quonset hut came up for sale. I remember it was green, and they had uh, replaced the carpeting, and and they had put appliances in it, and it was wonderful. We were so happy. Even though it was tiny, and we were kind of squashed in there, we bought it for $10,000, and that became our place. And, and we enjoyed walking in the neighborhood in this little town of Sturdivant, Wisconsin. Any snowstorm was just a treat. You felt like you were uh, on an island somewhere, and uh, just outside of civilization, because there weren't a lot of people. It wasn't crowded back then. We thought we had found our place We currently have a wonderful home on the west end of this property, which we are extremely thankful for. It's a wonderful place to live, and we live right next to this wonderful place of abundant life, (laughs) praise God. And I wanna mention this to you. I am thankful for this place. How many of you appreciate air conditioning? I can remember when we didn't have air conditioning in the other places that we worshiped. How many of you can remember no air conditioning? This is a great place, folks. And I wanna thank the people that are faithful in their tithing and in their offerings and in giving to Heart for the House to make sure that we have such a place. It's a great place. This altar is a great place. Great things have happened in this sanctuary. It's a sacred place to us, amen? But I wanna be a bit more specific today about your place in God. Now, there are three things that can keep you from ever finding your place in God. Number one, relationships. Relationships can keep you from your proper place in God. We can be so concerned about pleasing other people that we miss our place. Well, I I can't go where God wants me to go and I can't practice what I've seen in God's word because I wasn't raised this way and my parents would not approve. And we let other relationships dictate to us whether or not our relationship with God will be in its proper place. Don't let any other relationship keep you from your proper place in God. Can I get an amen? I've seen young people come in, even be filled with the Holy Ghost, and leave and say, well, my parents don't want me to go to that church Well, you're 20 years old. Be an adult. Your parents aren't going to be with you on judgment day. It's going to be you and God. Don't let relationships keep you from your proper place. Listen to what Matthew 10 and 37 said. He that loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. The second thing that can keep you from your proper relationship is religion. We don't practice religion here. We practice relationship. This is about us and God and our relationship. God always intended for us to have a relationship, not a religion. That's why we call him father. That sounds relational. That's why he calls us sons, and daughters, that sounds relational. That's why we're called the bride of Christ. That sounds relational. God always intended, it was his goal and still is, for you to have a relationship with him. Not just a religion that says you come and you put in your time and you try and be the person that You think you should be in God. I'm close enough. I don't want to go any further than this. That becomes your religion rather than your relationship. And then the third thing that can keep you, and the last thing that I'm going to at least mention today that can keep you from your place is cares and riches. Matthew chapter 18, verse number 15 said, This people's heart is waxed gross. Their ears are dull of hearing. Their eyes, they have closed. Lest at any time they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart. And here's the thing we fear the most. They should be converted. We fear conversion. We don't like change. We want God on our Terms. We want God to fit our lifestyle and our schedule, but it won't work. It won't work that way. He said in verse 22, when he talked about the third soil, he said, He that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word, and watch the cares, the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches chokes the word, and he becomes unfruitful. We can get so caught up in the cares and the affairs of this world that we can't find our place in God. We can get so concerned about making money so that we can buy and have more things that we can't find our place. What is a man profited if he would gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Watch out for the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. Now, I'm going to give you a few examples today of what I'm talking about, about finding your place. Luke chapter 10. I want to take you to Martha's house today. Martha and Mary have an exclusive time with Jesus on this particular day. And before I give you the exact verses and you read ahead of me, I'm gonna set the stage for you. Martha knows that they're going to have a luncheon with Jesus, just the two of them. She knows when Jesus is going to arrive. So days in advance, she begins cleaning her house. Making sure everything is in order, everything is swept, everything is dusted, the beds are properly made, everything is in its proper place, the house will be immaculate, the food has been marinated. She has prepared for this for a long time, but there still needs to be some final details, and there still needs to be serving of Jesus. She wants to make sure that he knows how much she appreciates him by the way she prepares her home and her meal for him. And all the while that she's scurrying around, and I can picture her, with her apron on and maybe some flour on her face, just a little bit sweaty, as she's getting everything ready for Jesus, she looks over at her sister, Mary, who's sitting at the feet of Jesus, doing nothing. She hasn't participated in the preparation of the house. She hasn't participated in the preparation of the meal. She just sits there and enjoys her time with Jesus, and leaves Martha to do all of the work. And it boils inside of her. Matter of fact, from the very beginning when she started even cleaning the house, she was mad at Mary because Mary didn't say, hey, is there anything I can do to help prepare for our meeting with Jesus? Never volunteered to do anything. And Martha interpreted this as lazy. And so she was already upset with her. And finally, she has enough. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, it says, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into, it was her house. She had a sister called Mary, which also, watch where she was. She sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. Now Martha was covered about serving and she came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Tell this lazy bum to pitch in so that I can sit at your feet. I want to be there every bit as much as Mary, but I can't because I've got work to do. And if Mary would pitch in, we'd get it done a lot faster. So you rebuke her. Martha, Martha. You are, there it is, the word careful. Careful and troubled about many things. Let me stop there. Is there anybody here today that's careful and troubled They're kind of connected here, aren't they? You care, you're so full of care that you're troubled. You never seem to find the time to do what you want to do because you're always doing what other people want you to do or what you feel is necessary or responsible behavior. And here... She's the one that gets the rebuke. Not the one who does nothing. But one thing, here he says it, is needful. And Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her, which means, no, I won't rebuke her. I'm rebuking you. You've put so much into this meal that you forgot It's purpose. I wanted to be with the two of you today. Just the three of us. No agenda. No schedule. We don't have to have steak. It doesn't have to be marinated. It doesn't have to be fancy. But you got caught up in all this carefulness and now it troubles you and, and you've missed your appointment remember the song we sang today I want to sit at his feet drink from the cup of his hand, of, in his hand just lay back can you picture somebody just laying back on Jesus' chest and just breathe don't even talk Listen. She had an opportunity to have a place at Jesus' feet and she missed it because she was serving instead of listening. I'm rebuking myself. If you feel a little bit of conviction today, good. You're meant to feel conviction because we can get so busy. The pace of life is so rapid that we're missing the most important things. We're missing them. Let me give you another example. John chapter 8. The scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they said unto her, Master, the woman was taken into adultery in the very act. Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what do you say? Here's a woman. She went from a place of sin to the feet of Jesus. This is her new place. But in this place is guilt. Guilt for her sin. And there she lays in the dirt while her accusers are pointing their fingers, making accusations, quoting the Scripture to Jesus, waiting for him to do what they wanted him to do. And of course you know he didn't. You want to know why? Because Jesus said, He that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. And eventually they all left, but she didn't. And I've told you this before. I am so impressed with this woman. Most women would have got up and snuck off when the crowd left. But this woman, no. She thought about it and she said, You know what? I'm in a good place. in a good place. I'm at the feet of Jesus. He rebuked those who rebuked me. Maybe this is my once, oh, you got to preach with me today, my once in a lifetime opportunity to be at the feet of Jesus and receive forgiveness She found a place of mercy, a place of forgiveness. You talk about going from one end of the spectrum to the other. In minutes, it can happen. I'm so glad for the mercy of God and the forgiveness of God. There are those places that we can find them. And this woman found it. How about this woman in Matthew chapter 26? This uninvited harlot comes to a man's house without an invitation. And as I've already mentioned, a terrible reputation. The house of Simon a leper Verse 7, there came a woman having an alabaster box of precious ointment, poured it on his head as he sat at the meat. When the disciples saw it, they had indignation, saying, to what purpose was this waste? We want you to rebuke. See, this is the pattern here that you're seeing in all three of these that I've initiated. People want Jesus to rebuke the person they're upset with. And every time, it comes back on him. He doesn't rebuke the person that's in the wrong. He rebukes the self-righteous. He goes after the accuser rather than the offender. Oh, he'll get to the offender. But he goes after the accusers first. For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor, and when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, why do you trouble this woman? Why, why don't you leave her alone? She's wrought a good work upon me. You have the poor with you always. But me, here it is again. You don't always have this opportunity that you have right now. This is a place of opportunity for you but you've turned it into something ugly. For in that she poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, wherever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also be this that this woman hath done. And it will be told of her for a memorial. Wow. She found her place. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you have an invitation? No. But I got to get to Jesus. And she pushes her way through and she pours out the oil and she gets down at his feet. That was her place. Another person found their place at the feet of Jesus the place of anointing, the place of appreciation that she had for him. She was willing to give a year's wages just to pour on his head preparing him for burial out of appreciation. A place of appreciation. Do you have a place of appreciation for what God's done for you? Is there ever a time where you just sit there and instead of making prayer requests you begin to thank God for all that he's done for you? Where you just begin to weep over him at his feet. One last person I want to give you today. Mark chapter 6, verse 25. There was a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. She suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather she grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment, for she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned about in the press and said, Who touched my Close. Let me make sure you understand this, because there may be people here today who are not well, who need a miracle, who need a healing. This woman had tried everything that the world had to offer. She saw the best physicians and doctors. She'd spent all of her money. She wasn't any better. Matter of fact, she was getting worse. But one day, she heard Jesus was coming to town. And she said to herself, I've tried everything that this world can do for me, and it hasn't worked. I've got one last opportunity. I must find a place with Jesus. And I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to that place. And so the day finally arrives, he comes into town, he's thronged with people, everybody grabbing and pulling and there's no way she's gonna be able to just, as a frail person, walk through a crowd and happen chance be able to grab him. But she drops her eyes and looks And the legs of people are smaller than the trunks of people. And she is so desperate and so determined to find her place and so humbled that she doesn't care what anybody thinks about her that she gets on her hands and knees and starts crawling through the crowd, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, pushing people out of the way, every once in a while lifting her head as high as she can to see if she's anywhere closer to Jesus. And after all that she does, she finally gets to the feet of Jesus and reaches up and grabs the hem of his garment. And when she grabs that garment she feels a healing come into her body. And instantly, the issue of blood is dried up, and it's over. She slithers away from the crowd, but before she can get too far away, Jesus says, stop! Stop! Everybody stop! And out of respect, they all stop grabbing, and they all stop talking, and Jesus says, somebody touched me, and I want to know who it is. And the disciples say, what are you talking about? People are grabbing and lunging at you all the time. They're grabbing a hold of you. They're trying to get a hold of your hand. He said, oh no, you don't understand. I said somebody touched me. I want you to know that It's not just you touching Jesus that matters. It's Jesus touching you. There needs to be a contact point. There needs to be a place where you can say, I didn't just go to church today. I didn't just sing songs, throw something in the offering plate, and head for home. But I felt the presence of God, and God felt my presence. I found my place. I found my place. And it's not the same place for everybody. The place can even be where you're sitting right now. It may not even be at the altar. But wherever you get so desperate and so hungry for God that you will fight through all your cares and all your deceitfulness of riches and all of your relationships and all of your religion and all the stuff that could really prevent you from really i mean really touching Jesus nothing will happen but when you touch him and he touches you virtue will go from him to where it's needed and you will be healed Finding my place. I'm, I'm really am thankful for an altar. I can't tell you how many tears I've I've put into this carpet. You too. I'm not talking about just me. How many times? Maybe it was here. Let's see. That's where Sister Kylie and I said So it's probably in here somewhere. How many times? How many times have I I stood right here, right in this very spot and lifted my hands singing a song I've sung a hundred times before but all of a sudden I've got everything else blocked out and I'm really singing from my heart and the hands that are extended toward God to touch him are touched by him me and I feel his presence and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and all that stuff doesn't matter anymore and all those things I'm afraid of and and all those things that I could be involved in at that particular moment because I'm in that particular place nothing else matters because I found my place. I'm thankful for a baptismal tank right there. There's a place right there where your sins can be washed away. That's a place. An altar's a place where you can receive the Holy Ghost. An altar's a place where you can repent. But you gotta find and you gotta make a place for God. A place for God. Let's stand together. I know when to quit. I've been doing this long enough. Martha, Martha, you are troubled about many things. John 14, verse 1, Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place, a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Why? So that we can be together. That where I am, you may be also. You will be in your proper place. When we find our place on earth, we have reserved seating in heaven. That's why it's important to find your place. Your place with God, your place in Christ. What is your function? What is it that you do in the body that benefits the body? because the body always benefits you. You've got to find your place. Jesus, I know that this is a holy place. You said that your eyes and your ears are a to the prayers that are offered up in this place. So I pray today That as we wrap up this service, people won't head for the exits, they'll head for the altar. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177